next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Who that? And welcome back to Canal Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as usual. Brendan Ertle. Today, I'm going to be talking about the big win against the San Francisco 49ers. The Saints defeated them 27-13. The Saints beat the 49ers in a rematch of last season's game, and we had some ups and downs in this game, lots of downs, but they get out of Sunday with a W. They win 27-13. They were favored by 9.5 points, so they cover that spread. With this win, the Saints improved to 7-2 in the season, 4-1 at home. Their only loss coming to the Green Bay Packers, and they continue to stay in first place over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have, of course, the game lead up on them and the tiebreaker. So, the Saints sit at 7-2, and and the Bucks, after beating, killing the Panthers, they improved to 7-3, and right behind the Saints' neck. Now, let's talk about this game. And a W is a W. They're hard to come by in the National Football League. And they'll always take one. But at what cost in this game? And the Saints, of course, the biggest headline in this game. Drew Brees left this game at halftime. He decided that he could not go coming out of the half. Uh, played the last two-minute drive. And decided that he couldn't perform well enough to go out there and play. And that's been the first time in his career that he said, you know what? I don't think I can go. You're going to have to bring in the backup for this one. Now, I'm not a doctor. I don't know Drew Brees personally. I didn't t- I didn't get to talk to him. But all the indications point toward um, this not being a long-term injury. Maybe not as long or extensive as the thumb injury last year. But this could still be a few weeks. Uh, maybe close to a month. We don't know just what's going on yet. He could maybe even play next week. We do not know. We know nothing. And it's important to note that coming into the game, he was wearing a flak jacket, which is a a padded jacket that goes around your waist, that protects your waist, that quarterbacks like Cam Newton and other quarterbacks like that that get lots of contact, they wear those to protect their ribs. And Drew Brees wore one of those in warm-ups, and he's never done that in his career. So coming into this game, he said that his ribs are bugging him a little bit. Never really said that specifically, but in his interview after the game, said this was a cumulative injury. This was um, a couple things. His shoulder probably, and maybe his shoulder, his, his ribs were banged up a little bit too. Um, there's multiple hits that you go back and look at where it's like, wow, he got nailed. Uh, one being the Brian Burns strip sack on James Hurst when they played the Carolina Panthers. He got a real clean lick on Drew. That could have been... Um, something we look at when they play the Chargers, and he did uh, on the goal line. He got the sneak and jumped over the line and landed right on his ribs and shoulder on that turf. Um, it's squishy, but it's not too squishy. Landing on concrete, it feels like that sometimes. But it doesn't really matter where or when this hit or injury took place. That hit he took in the second quarter that... Um, was from the defensive tackle coming on from Cesar Ruiz, beat him on the outside, got a real clean look on Drew, and he got a uh, flag for that hit. 
whether you like the penalty or not. It is in the rule books that you cannot hit a quarterback and put all your body weight on him after you hit him, so landing on him and falling on top of him. That is illegal, actually. It's in the rule book, and I know to some fans, and to me, it looked like um, an iffy penalty, but it's one, of course, that we'll take. We've taken so many bad penalties our way, so we'll take a few um, come to our way. But if you ever see a quarterback on the ground hurt, it's hard not to get a flag sometimes on the hits. The Saints did get a couple roughing the passes penalties in these games, and the league will do anything to protect these quarterbacks. And after that hit, it looked like Drew was a little bit ginger. I was walking around gingerly after that hit, but he finished the drive and then played the next drive, and he finished out the half. And he said it was really painful, and he thought he couldn't do it, but he he felt obligated to his teammates to go out there and fight. And he did, and we love Drew for that. And he came out to the second half. Sean said, you're good, you're good to go. And we saw on the broadcast that he's pointing to his ribs saying, like, I, I, I don't know, it, I got pain. He, he said after the game that he didn't feel comfortable going. He felt like he was going to hurt his team if he was out there. Uh, he couldn't make the throws that he wanted to or at the best of his ability at all. Now, Drew wasn't the only player to lose leave this game with an injury. And the 49ers kind of passed the injury bug to the Saints because this, this was their first practice um, the week prior, the, it was their first practice. They had a full attendance, full participation from everyone. And then all of a sudden they just start dropping like flies once game time hits. Uh, we saw Drew Brees, Marshawn Lattimore miss some time. He missed with an oblique injury and he did not come back. Patrick Robinson came and stepped in for him. We saw Chauncey Garner Johnson go down and not come back. It looks like he will be okay along with Marshawn. We saw Josh Hilleth leave with a concussion. We saw Trey Quan Smith leave with a concussion on a real dirty hit that was not called. Um, we saw Torn Armstead get banged up. We saw Andrews Peake get banged up. The list is really long for this game. I don't know why it happened um, like that all in one game. It just sometimes games are like that. The 49ers, of course, have dealt with these injuries all year long, and it's just ironic that um, the Saints' most injury-brittled game comes against the most injury-brittled team. <sighs> but let's talk about this game a little bit. Let's do that. Uh, the Saints actually started down 10-0 on the 49ers, and it was a picture-perfect start for these Niners. Uh, they wanted to come in and dominate the running game, and that's just what they did. They came out, they dominated the running game, they kept Drew Brees and the Saints off the field. It's not that the Saints' offense wasn't good, they, they they weren't good in the first half. They didn't play to the level they should have. But they weren't able to get on the field. There was a time that in, in that half where the Saints had the ball for one minute and ran six plays and had three points. And without a muff punt, um, the Saints aren't looking too bright. The defense had a real slow start in this game. Um, it was one of those scenarios where they bent, they bent, and they bent. They never really broke, but they just they could never get a stop. They couldn't really get off the field. But going down 10-0, I kept faith. I kept confidence. I knew they would find their footing in this game. And once they started to get those stops on defense, they started to click, they started to click better. Um, some plays started to go the Saints' ways. Deontay Harris, a 75-yard kickoff return into 49er territory, which set up uh, points for the Saints. Kamara also had, of course, a very good day, having 95 yards and three touchdowns. He found the end zone three different times, a couple rushing and a, a pass from Drew Brees, which was a fumble ruski. But again, this, this this game, it was an ugly win. I know the Saints weren't going to just come out and blow this team out. They did win by 14 points, but it wasn't a pretty 14 points. 
Of course, we need to address Jameis and Taysom Hill. And wow, if if Drew misses, who who do you go who do you go with moving forward? That's the big question, because what they did in this game is they f- did what most teams do in college: you sub in and out quarterbacks if you don't have one you like, and that never works for anyone. It never works good for a quarterback get, trying to find a rhythm or that team in general. And that's just what happened in this game. The Saints were subbing in and out Jameis and Taysom. None of them could really find a rhythm, but it felt like Jameis was that backup quarterback in this game. He came, stepped in right away. He was a starter, and he came out and completed six straight passes. They were dump passes to Kamara, yes, and one to Michael Thomas, but he still went six for six. He didn't have to go out there and air it out. He almost threw a pick as well, but he did the things well that they asked him to do. Moving forward, if we don't have Drew Brees, one quarterback needs to step up. Who that'll be, I don't know. It's a really weird situation. It's not really like last year. Jameis is not, I wouldn't put Jameis on the level of Teddy Bridgewater right now. I know that may be an unfair statement, but right now I would probably take Teddy Bridgewater in the same system over Jameis Winston. Just because we know Teddy's done it and the success he's having this year, um, but that's not the situation we have. We got Jameis Winston. And next week, we got the Atlanta Falcons. Nate and I will talk about that game when it comes. I'm not ruling out Drew Brees yet. But if Jameis or Taysom has to play in, in one of those games, they need to just do what Drew did. Spread out the football, dump it to Kamara, give it to Michael Thomas. And that's that's all they got to do. Looking at the performance from last week to this week, it, it's a, it's difference between a Super Bowl contending team a Super Bowl favorite contending team and a team trying to make the playoffs because that's kind of the performance they had last week the Saints completed 12 passes to 12 different players 12 this week four Kamara Thomas Deontay and Emmanuel Sanders and it's like it's not like these guys had great games Michael Thomas had two catches for 27 yards Emmanuel Sanders had one catch for five yards. Jared Cook was blanked. Traquan Smith was blanked. This offense wasn't good in this game. Yes, they scored 27 points, but that was because Richie James fumbled twice, muffed two punts. The 49ers' offense was depleted, and hats off to the defense. The defense had a great second half. The defense was the reason the Saints won this game. When Drew Brees came out before that uh, third quarter, the defense needed to win this game for them. 100%. And they did. They did. Um, hats off to Jameis and Taysom for going in and stepping in and um, not doing anything too wrong. But, um, again, Taysom, late in the game, fumble. That stuff kind of stuff just can't happen. And after having their best week of the season, I want to see more of that. And the most frustrating thing about this Breeze injury is that week against the Bucks was the first week that they were 100% healthy, quote-unquote 100% healthy, since week one against the Bucks. And now, we don't get to see that again. If Drew Breeze is going to miss a few weeks, we don't get to see that healthy Saints again. We got to see him two times this year. And who else Who else knows who's going to pop up in the injury report this, this week? The players I listed off, Pete, Armstead, Marshawn, Cesar Garner-Johnson, I don't know the status of those guys. They look like they were okay, but who knows? Who knows? 
And I just want to talk about the defense real quick. And I want to talk about um, a spotlight of a few players. That first player being CJ Garner-Johnson had the best game of his career. The best. Yes, he had a stupid penalty where he lowered his head. But he had eight tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss. And I know those aren't insane stats. But he was, there was plays in this game that don't come up on the stat sheet. You'd only have to watch this game to know that he had a Jamal Adams-like impact to the Saints defense this week. The 49ers had to game plan around C.J. Garner-Johnson because he was making plays left and right. He was he was in uh, Nick Mullen's face every other play. Sending him off the edge, blitzing him, getting a sack, having huge tackles, making big plays in the football. He is going to be a stud, and if they keep using him in the right way, which is in the box, sending the blitz... He's going to be a real good player in this league. And we see flashes of um, some great talent. And sometimes we see um, he's a sophomore in this league. And sometimes he'll make mistakes. Like the hit he had late that got him a penalty was unnecessary. But that's the guy he is. He's aggressive. And he went down with an injury. Camaro, showing his leadership, went out there, uh, grabbed his hand. He said, get your ass up. We got a game to play. That's what he said he told him. He said, get up. We got a game to play. Stop being a baby. And I know they have a great relationship. Everyone loves C.J. Garner-Johnson. Um, besides the teams that play him, they probably hate him. But the impact he had in this game was huge. Definitely my first game ball is going to C.J. Um, and my next one will go to both the linebackers. Demario and Quan Alexander can share it. Because the start they had in this game wasn't very good. And it felt like they were having a hard time tracking the football on zones, on counters. But as that game went on, we saw the flashes of how good that they can be together. DeMario played 66 snaps. Kwan played 40. I'm sure as time goes on that they will get more even. And they'll be on the on the field at the same time. Because it's not like taking out a DB and putting a linebacker. It makes you liable uh, to the pass because Kwan's so athletic. That's the good thing about him. And he's, he made some really good plays in this game. One being on the goal line. Um, I know he's played against the 49ers and practiced against them every single day for the past two years, but he sniffed out that counterplay and had a big hit on Tevin Coleman in the backfield. And he also had almost had an interception. Um, it would have been negated by a penalty, but he got his hands on the football, dropped it. But um, in his first game with the Saints, he's getting his hands on balls. I think moving forward, that duo can be really, really good. And if they can stay healthy on the defense, I think this defense has much room to improve, but they showed flashes of what they did last week against the Bucks, just completely shutting them down. Two interceptions, one by Malcolm Jenkins and one by P. Rob when Marshawn was out. Um, if they can fix that first half performance and play like how they did in the second half the whole game, I don't know if the 49ers score this game. Just because how depleted they are and how good this defense played in the second half. Whenever you lose your starting quarterback in a football game, especially Drew Brees, you're lucky to get out of that game with a W. And looking back at last year when the Saints lost Drew in L.A. against the Rams and Teddy Bridgewater got thrown into the fire and they kind of got beat up in that game. Teddy Bridgewater just wasn't ready to be uh, thrown in. Same kind of situation. The Saints were lucky to come out of this game with a W. The defense stepped up, played really well, shut Nick Mullins down, and they found a way to get a W. Jameis Winston came in, ate a W, and they need to do a lot of things this week to improve on that defense and especially the offense with Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, 
if Alvin Kamara, Emmanuel Sanders, all those guys are elite level guys. They just got to get the football more. And it starts with ball control. It wasn't the prettiest W, but it's a W. The Saints win this week, 27-13. I hope you guys enjoy Victory Monday coming up. Again, follow me on Twitter, at Brennan Ertl. Check us out, Canary Street Chronicles. We will catch you guys later in the week with an update about Drew Brees and looking forward to the Atlanta Falcons. Who that, baby? Let's go. We on a